Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Forward Church. Listen, I'm so glad you tuned in to today's podcast. I hope it challenges you and inspires you to go after God and be all that God's called you to be. Enjoy today's message. back to the battlefield this morning. Some of you may have been wondering, is he going to finish that series? Well, we kind of got caught in that season of celebration of both the Palm moment and then the Resurrection Sunday. But I'd like for us to now go back. and I'm going to give you a quick review where we've been and for those that are visiting so you can catch up so that we can carry out. If you don't catch up, you can't carry out. Hello? We've got to catch up so that we can carry out the Great Commission. But listen, in a moment you're going to find out there's a key that unlocks the Great Commission. So this morning we have been doing a series on worship will surround you when you're on the battlefield. Amen? Okay. So guess what? If you're on the battlefield and you have no worship, you are unprotected. Here's what we've covered so far. We've taken the term battle, remember? So those of you that have been taking notes, worship must be your baseline to Him. It has to be your baseline to Him. Worship will align you and your life to Him. There's nothing worse than to be out of alignment. We talked about vehicles. We talked about marriages. We talked about our professional careers where we feel like we're out of alignment. But when you allow God to teach you and show you how to worship Him, He begins to align you. In educational terms, all teachers have to make sure that their curriculum aligns to the standards. Why doesn't the church align herself to the ultimate standard, the Word of God? More important than just reading it, it has to be lived out in alignment to the Word. And then we also, for several Sundays, in fact, Robin came to me and said, how long are you going to stay on truth? Probably could spend the rest of my life and the duration of my life just on truth. Because in that series that we were doing about being surrounded in worship, the truth of the matter is this world system is built on a lie. And it's amazing how we will feed ourselves on the media that's out there today. There's a great message by Dr. Miles Monroe. I would encourage you to Google it and listen to how the media and the airway, which is controlled by darkness, is influencing this generation. Hmm. My good friend in Jacksonville, Almond Gunner, says it all the time. People like truth, their version of it. But there is a vast difference between what I think and say and what the book thinks and says. Come on, church. And now this morning, because once you see that truth is deposited inside you, you actually start doing what we were singing this morning. This morning is all about, because we're talking about battle, it's all about trust. And I'd like to elevate your thoughts and your spiritual well-being to move out of the realm of trusting people more than trusting God. 
If God stands alone and he created us in his image, then he is worthy of our trust. But we will look to man before we look to God. Let me break that down, and I'm going to give you a couple stories. And there's four things why you and I can trust God. So we're going to look at how worship will develop trust towards Him. And it's huge when we think about how important our trust towards Him can truly be. In Psalm 33, verse 4, here's the backdrop, so that you know that everything is built on God's Word. By the way, Jesus often said, that you have an option. You can build your life on the rock, and the rock is obviously Christ Jesus, or you can build on the sands of the time. So whatever is cool right now, if Jesus tarries, 50 years from now, it'll be outdated and it won't be cool. There'll be something else in the sand. (laughs) Come on, church. Build your life on the Word of God. You cannot go wrong when you build your life on the Word of God. Not your interpretation, not a pastor's interpretation, but the teacher's recommendation, which would be the Holy Spirit, as he speaks to you from the Word. As my good friend Almond Gunner said from Houston, Texas yesterday, he said, Coach, the rest of your life, make sure you walk in obedience to God. Obedience to God is obedience to His Word. Hello? Psalm 33, verse 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all that he does. Let me read that again. For the word of man is wrong and not true. See how I switched that? The word of man is wrong and not true. Neither is man faithful in what he does. Why does God stand alone? Holy Spirit. I ask for your presence, and it's overwhelming. For the word of the Lord is right, and it's true. He is faithful in all that he does. I said to Robin this past week while we were having devotions, little did I know, I hope this generation that is now before us will listen closely. Little did I know that when I said yes to God and I surrendered to God at Beulah Beach, On the shores of Lake Erie, little did I know that his plan was a lot different than what my thoughts were. And the Bible says that his ways and his thoughts are much greater than ours. There is no way that I could be able to write down and journal, I'm going to do this and this and this will be the will of God and this will be the plan of God and this is how it's going to work out. That is man's concept, not God's. Come on, church. Here I've been in the ministry over 40 years, and little did I know how God was going to train, redirect, and order my steps, and they weren't anything like I was thinking. But I've learned to trust the Lord. Not my conscience. Come on, church. Not my mind. Not my will. Not the voice of others. But I'm learning. I didn't say I have learned. I am learning to trust the Lord. Why? For the word of the Lord is right, it's true, and he is faithful in all that he does. Can someone say amen? Hmm. Listen to Corey Tin Boone. She had a very easy life. I think that's what America's looking for. I'll follow Christ, but it needs to be smooth sailing. Well, I just said to you, if you truly trust the Lord, his plan is going to be a lot different than your plan. Listen to her quote. 
Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. That's why he stands alone. Little did Joseph know that when he had a dream that came from the father's heart, eventually it was going to put him in prison for two years. <laughs> Just because we have shallow thinking doesn't mean we have a shallow God. Just because I think everything is going to be roses and everything is going to be just beautiful, that may not be the way God sees it. But will I trust Him? Listen, one of the things the Spirit of the Lord has asked me to delete from my vocabulary is this, because I've been using it lately and it's got to stop. Trust the process. That's not in Scripture. He wants you to trust Him. He wants you and I to put our trust in Him. Your job, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren, your future, everything has got to be placed before Him, and we trust Him. This is a very simple message this morning. Proverbs 3, 5. Listen closely. Trust in the Lord with part of your heart, and keep leaning on your own understanding. That's our modern society, but that's not scriptural. Here's what the word says. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So when Solomon, who was the wisest man of that era and may still be at the top of that list, when he gave us these words inspired by the Holy Spirit, he was saying human nature will not yield all of the heart. But God requires all of my heart, not part of my heart. <laughs> young ladies, teenagers, I wouldn't even encourage you to date a young man who won't put his all into it. Because <laughs> if he won't in dating, he's certainly not going to do it in marriage. Come on now. <laughs> That's the joy of having a few years in this body. I've learned some things through the process. What else is Solomon saying here before I give you four reasons why you should walk out of here today trusting in the Lord? Solomon also says, do not lean on your own understanding. Man, intentionally, because of the fact of our fallen nature, yes, we've been redeemed, but we still have the tendency to want to lean upon our own understanding. I've got this. I'll figure it out. I know exactly where this is going. I'll take it step by step. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. That's the part I wanted to give to you this morning. All right, Pastor, why do you recommend that on the battlefield, when I know what my baseline is and my life is being aligned to God by truth, why do I trust him? Here you go. Are you ready? First of all, he wants you to trust his name. Psalm chapter 9, verse 10. By the way, did you, have you ever noticed that every principle that I share with this house is backed up with God's word? We are living in an hour, not in this house, but we are not in this house, but we are living in an hour where people are saying things that have no biblical support. I didn't say this house. I said we are living in an hour. We're living in an age. We're living in a culture where people are saying things that are not backed up by God's word. 
I don't need to hear from the sand anymore. Hello? I was in the sand. I lived in the sand. I played in the sand. And I took for granted what people were saying, thinking it was truth. Come on now. You and I can trust his name. One did at the cross. The other one rejected that name. Psalm 9.10. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Want to dig in for a little bit? Want to hear some embedded truth? As I read that verse, those who come to know the name put their trust in that name. Because they are seeking the one that will not forsake them. It also says, if you're not seeking him, he's not coming. O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. We take for granted, oh, I don't have time today, I'll be back tomorrow, Lord. No, he's to be first. How do you, how do you know, Pastor? Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God. The first thing on my agenda every day should be God. The first thing that should be in my life before I walk out the door to face the cultural dynamics is my quiet time with the Lord. And I'm encouraging you to go after his name. By the way, in case you didn't understand the power of name, have you ever been around those who love to drop names? Well, let's drop the most powerful name. The name that can break the power of darkness. Let's declare the name of Jesus over children that have been Baker acted. Let's declare the name of Jesus over young people like Nicholas Cruz. Dare I say it? Of course I should. I've even thought as a security agent for our district of writing the principal at Parkland there at the high school and say, gather Christians and go in and anoint every door and pray over that school and drive out the demons of darkness so that nothing further happens. And do it in the name of Jesus. And it needs to happen here in this district. Not a religious thing. But where Christians go to every school, all 11 of them, all nine and the two charter. And during the summer, we go in and we anoint every day, every door, and we pray over every gate. And we absolutely announce to darkness, you have no entrance here because of the name of Jesus. That's what we got to do. That's got to be done this summer. (laughs) See, I don't want to talk about it. I like to do it. I like to hit him right in the face. Seriously. Listen closely. We're talking about the name. Faith comes alive. Let's just pause. Father, I pray for all the parents at Culibine who are still struggling 20 years later. I pray for all the parents up in Newtown, Sandy Hook. I pray for those parents this morning. Come on, church, pray with me. I pray for those parents that no more will commit suicide and end their lives because their children were taken out. I pray for Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High School in Parkland, and I pray that no more young people will commit suicide. We want to see the power of your word activated because you stand alone. There's none greater than our God. And I pray in Jesus' name that there'll be no more at that particular school. 
Now pray with me, church. And I pray for this district. I pray for every school. I pray for every bus. I pray for all faculty and staff and administrators that there will be absolutely no danger, no damage in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No loss of life. We take authority over darkness. And we speak life and light over every campus in the name of Jesus. And I ask one other thing, Father. Give to all of those who are in the educational forum and those who work in mental health. Pray with me, church. That you will raise up individuals who can help children so they are not Baker acted. And they're not thinking about ending their lives. We declare the name of Jesus. We bring the name of Jesus who we trust. Before you now, Father. We thank you that you ever lived to make your intercession. Now for this whole nation, pray with me, church. I pray over this whole nation during the last month of school that there will absolutely be no harm or danger on any campus. Pray with me, church. Would you stand across this auditorium this morning? Will you stand quickly, please? I pray for churches right now. Father, this wasn't on my agenda. I wasn't even thinking about this this morning. But I'm just, would you pray with me, church? I'm praying for every church, every synagogue, every temple, not only in this nation, but across the world. In the name of Jesus, this needs to stop in Jesus' name. In the mighty name, the name that's above every name. The one that stands alone. Jesus, we need your help. It doesn't matter what they're there for. They don't deserve to die. In the name of Jesus, I'm speaking life, wholeness, and divine protection over every state, over every nation, over every country, over every church, synagogue, and temple. In the name of Jesus. Because of your name, it's elevated above all other names. In Jesus' name. God's people said, will you just give him praise this morning in the house? And then you may be seated. Turn to someone and say his name works. The Bible says that demons tremble, shudder. They'll even go to the pigs. I was listening to Billy Graham the other day and he shared that story. The demons made a request to Jesus. I can't go there in the message this morning, but they basically said, no, 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 no. Hey, do this. Put us in the hogs and see if you know anything about the Jewish heritage. That's a bad scene. All right, so we trust his name. Let me just give this real quick illustration. Man, Spirit of God. And if I don't finish today, we'll be back. Hmm. Like Douglas MacArthur. Hmm. Well, men, it's time for you to back up your word. Whew. For the men in this house, back it up. Bring it. Your children need it. Your loved ones need it. Bring it. Stand strong. Be vibrant in the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust His name. So my dad wasn't just a pastor. He was also a contractor. And he used to say to me, just remember, when you're out there working with me, you carry my name. Don't mess it up. Where'd that go? Where did that go in this country? That scared everything out of me. And he showed me by example what that really looked like. I shared this with my cousin when he was here and he was overtaken. I'm talking about the name which is above every name. Your name, my name, all names. The name of Jesus. But because of his name, my dad's name, he started with one driveway 
and pouring cement in that door. Oh, man, this is so boring. Oh, this doesn't make a bit of sense. Keep listening to that voice. By the end of three weeks, my dad and his reputation, he had every driveway on that street poured in concrete. Because of his name and secondly, because of his character. But listen, don't trust my dad's character. I want you to elevate. I want you to trust the character of Jesus Christ. We struggle. Listen to me. Ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you standing here after all these years, I struggle in trusting the Lord. But when God showed me that his name, his character, and his ability, and his word is greater, then I must trust him. Let's talk about character. Our daughter called too long ago and was asking me some things, particularly about a young man, and I said, if the character of Christ isn't in him, see ya. <laughs> okay. What, should I have said something other than that? Oh, yeah, man, that's cool, man. Oh, man, he's so cool. He's flashy. Wow. He did this in college. He did that. He, whoa, his dad played in the pros. I could care less. Hello, church. I'm breaking it down right now. If the character of Christ is not in that man, woe unto you. That's all. Trust his character. Psalm 112, verse 7. He's not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. I, I'm not going to break this down because it's not worthy of that. But Tuesday, I had a presentation last week in regards to safety and security, and within 24 hours, bad news was placed out on social media. It wasn't the truth. You know what I got to do? I just got to stand firm. <laughs> Not trusting my character, but trusting his character. <laughs> you see, if you trust your character, you're filled with pride and arrogance and self-confidence, but when you trust his character, you can go into the fiery furnace, i.e. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they absolutely knew that the Lord was on their side. Didn't know if they were going to come out alive, but they knew what they were doing. You can be like Daniel and pray and even leave your windows open so they could all see it. He knew what was coming, but he knew that the Lord was on his side. I'm inviting you this morning, put your trust in the character of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thanks, Joseph. Every once in a while, I get to see a little bit on the other side, and there's times in that great cloud of witnesses, I can see ovation as the word of the Lord is being proclaimed on earth. As it is in heaven. That would be the Lord's prayer. So I'm inviting you to trust his character. Oh, by the way, it's going to be a process that he's working out in us so that his character shows up in us. And that's a daily thing. It's not overnight. It doesn't happen just like that. It's years and years and years of dying to self that you might live in Christ. And Paul said, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Two more. Let's review real quick. The Spirit of the Lord is here, and He's inviting you to put your trust in His name and in His character. And then trust His ability. If you have not yet seen the movie Breakthrough, you should, by all means, go watch the movie Breakthrough. One mother, one lady, 
absolutely respected the doctors, but she knew there was a great physician. The Bible records Jesus Christ as the great physician. He is our healer. He is the same, Hebrews 13, 8. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. He will not change. You can take anything and everything before the throne, and God has an answer. Trust his ability. She did. I want to break this down so much, but I'm not sure. Can I? Yes. Would you be willing to understand it? I don't know. Trust his ability. You know what that actually is saying? Don't trust your ability. In fact, the Bible says put no confidence in the flesh. That's crushing to all of us. Notice where my hands went. Crushing to all of us. (laughs) Psalm 37, 4, 5, and 6. Listen closely. Delight yourself in the Lord. Oh, that's that's step one in trusting his ability. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. Not the way, not the process. And he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light. And your justice as the noonday. I'm inviting you. Regardless of where you are in your journey, regardless of what you're facing, what it looks like from the bank standpoint, what it looks like from your home level, I'm asking you this morning, will you be willing to trust his ability? Phil Yancey put it this way, I have learned that faith means trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse. Let me read that again. I have learned that faith means trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse. Ready? Now comes the capstone. I remember, I can hear his voice this morning. We're at the finish line, son. I need for you to go get me the finishing trial. Yes, Dad. What did that mean? Well, we were almost done. The heat had baked us, and it was time to finish up that slab, that driveway, whatever it may have been, that garage floor, the basement floor, whatever it may have been. Go get me the finishing trowel. And what's he talking about? This is God's finishing trowel. Listen closely. When your baseline is right and you're aligned to God's word, you will know truth, speak truth, and you'll begin to trust his name, his character, his ability, because it all comes back to the cornerstone, his word. In closing this morning, yes, God is asking us to trust his word. Trust his word. Why? Because he is the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. I'm in the Gospel of John. And we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten. I remember someone coming to the door many, many years ago to our home. And I entertained for a moment. Not long. A moment. (laughs) There's wisdom in that. And when the individual said he was a God, not the God, I simply said this conversation is over. 
what are you doing? There were always times when I was coaching that I gave them fun and frillic moments at practice, but then it was game time. And it was time to, let's go to work. This practice is going to be harder than the game you're about to play. I will let him throw a few things out there, but when he begins to entangle himself and act like the word is not quite correct, I dismiss him in Jesus' name. I will trust his word. Follow along, if you will, please, as we close. Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 1 to 5. Jeremiah had an easy life. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Listen to the terms of the covenant and tell, listen, and tell them to the people of Judah and to those who live in Jerusalem. Tell them that this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Listen, cursed is the one who does not obey the terms of the covenant. Let me help you out real quick. Don't stay in the old covenant. There's a new covenant. You might want to read Hebrews and talk about, listen closely, how the book talks about trampling underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ and what that could result in. Don't minimize that. You can't erase that. And Pilate's days are over. And you will not be able to wash your hands from that. The covenant of the Lord God stands firm forever the terms I commanded your ancestors when I brought them out of Egypt out of the iron smelting furnace I said obey me and do everything I command you and you'll be my people and I will be your God before the fifth verse we're almost done I absolutely knew when I was growing up that if he put me in the truck with him he was in charge my dad was in charge my earthly dad was in charge And the day was going to go the way he planned it. Listen. And now I understand sometimes that's God in the truck. And it's going to go exactly how he planned it. And boy, does that bring out the rebel in our human nature. (laughs) For the ladies that prayed with me and over me this morning... I may share a part of that story because there is a tendency, even when you're born from above, we still like to rebel against the word of the Lord. Hmm. Here we go. This is the Lord still speaking. Jeremiah hasn't said a word. Then I will fulfill the oath I swore to your ancestors to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, the land you possess today. Now listen, listen. Now Jeremiah gets to speak. And I answered, Amen, Lord. (laughs) Gather this, please. Trust always answers, Amen, Lord. (laughs) Father, I gave what you asked. Trust always answers, Amen, Lord. Charles Spurgeon said, If you wish to know God, you must know His Word. Let me break that down. I've been married to her for over 30 years, but if I don't spend any time with her, all I know is what we've already already experienced. But there's new things and new horizon, and there's milk waiting for us, but I've got to spend time with her. (laughs) The church, listen, is a picture of marriage. 
Christ in the church, husband and wife. Do not dilute the word of the Lord. God's word. Don't mess with the covenants. Don't do it. I'm standing here graciously. A protector over the house, the body of Christ. Not in this house. I must say that again. Not in this house. His name is Pasco. Pasco said to me yesterday at Lancaster Correctional Center. He said, Coach, I want you to always remember this. I felt like I was being blasted onto the wall. That's how strong the word of the Lord was. He said, do not compromise God's word. And this is a man who's incarcerated because he was a Christian before he went there. But he really didn't think he meant everything that he says, but he does. And I found out from my earthly daddy, so did he. (laughs) And he lived it. Even though I didn't always like it, there it was. So I want to share this with you this morning, and then I want to share a story on his birthday about trust. And then Joshua, don't forget. I want you to understand God wants you to trust Him, not even the process. God wants you to put everything, everything in Him. Come on. I use this illustration not for anything else but to tell you you've got to trust God when everything falls apart. So I turned in chapter one of my dissertation. I'm all jacked up about it. Paid the money for it, edited and everything. Like, yeah, I got this. Did you go to school? Okay, I'm just messing with you. Guess what my chair did? The chair at Southeastern University sent it back to me and said, Okay, God, I'm done. People are doing that all all the time. Okay, God, I'm done. You took me this far. I can't go any further. I'm not going to start over. I'm done, and I don't care. I've done what you've asked me to do for over 40 years. No, I'm done. There's a rebel in all of us. See where my finger, thumb went? And when things don't go like we want it to go, what we do we do things like that or worse because we don't like starting over and that's why people walk out of relationships and out of marriages because they're not willing to start over so guess what I get to do bring it say it holy smokes what do you think what do I have to do I have to start over from scratch we don't want to do that And that's why people stop coming to church. And then the world just sucks them up. Puts them back out on the sand. There are some here this morning. I was wondering how long you were going to wait. There are some here this morning that absolutely can hear God's voice saying, just start over. Let it all go. Just start over. Because I'm the God of the resurrection power that will restore you in the hour should have wrote that down 
He's the God of resurrection power that will restore you in that particular hour. But you know what you got to do? You got to roll up your sleeves and go back to work. So I was taught right. Now I got to live right. Many of you in here today have been taught right. Now you've got to live it. You've got to make the changes that God wants you to make. And you've got to be willing to go, you know what? I'm going to worship him because I know my baseline. I know that I'm aligned. I know that I'm walking in truth and I'm trusting him. I'm inviting you to trust God like you've never trusted him before. And he, listen, this is for someone. You will be put on an island where it's just you and God. But the greatest revelation always comes on the island. There's a man in heaven right now who was placed on an island and he wrote an entire book. And it's going to happen just like it was written. Not by our interpretation or theologians. It's going to happen just as it was written. Trust. You good, Joshua? Close? Trust. So years ago when... Bradley was just a little guy. I used to pick him up in Tacoa, Tacoa, Georgia. And we'd go up to, man, I'm, I'm going to do this real quick. because <clears throat> We'd go up to Franklin, North Carolina. And back in the day when I had a motorcycle, sometimes I was really crazy with a motorcycle. Thank God my mom and dad never saw it. Crazy. But when he was with me, craziness was not seen. But whenever he rode with me, and there was a couple times I think there was some rain, I would simply say, listen to me, you got to really wrap up tight. You got to really wrap up tight. And you got to trust me. And we had fun. We had, oh yeah, 441. Yeah. You had a motorcycle? Wow, maybe you're not as, uh-huh. The key is this. God wants to wrap you up tight. There's going to be some curves in your life. There's going to be some times when you're going to be out on an island all by yourself. But listen closely. Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. God has never lied. Man continues to lie. And there is one in the kingdom of darkness who is called the father of lies. But your heavenly Father, who you know this morning, He will not lie to you. He will take you through. He just wants you to wrap yourself up around Him. And listen closely. And trust His name, His character, His ability, and His word. What are you doing? I'm standing on His word. What are you doing? I'm I'm standing on His character. What are you doing? I'm relying on His ability. What are you doing? I'm speaking in the name of Jesus, for I'm surrounded in worship. Shall we pray? Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today.